Before we begin, would you take a moment to show your support for this ministry? Head to hopepodcast.com.au. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So what I got? Movies are dreams that you never forget. Well, hey there. I'm Russ Matthews from Real Dialogue. And I'm Laura Bennett from Hope 1032. And welcome to The Watch List, uh, where we look at film through the, the lens of faith. We've got a big episode. It's a very big episode, and I'm going to admit right now, I haven't seen all the movies in this episode because I've been watching other movies as part of the Sydney Film Festival. Yes, so you have. I'm going to take from your movie wisdom oh, there this you time go. around. Yeah, Basking share it with in us. It. Well, but uh, Laura, yeah, if only we could just take you into the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of take you across because pretty much all the movies we're going to be looking at mm. this week at, deal with a multiverse of some sort. We've got The Flash, we've got Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. And then on top of it, we get to kind of look at all the logos of our local cars to see whether or not they're robots or not, because the Transformers are back with Rise of the Beasts. And so, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but when I thought about doing The Flash, all I could think about was Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, you know? Yes. Zoom, 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 you know? Yes. Like, uh, we're going, all you have to do is like the special effects where you just kind of jump in the chair and say, hey, I'm back. I'm back. I went around the world and yeah. I'm back again. I'm here for you, Laura. Here Thank you. And I appreciate your Flash shit today. Oh, yeah, yeah. The flash this is shirt. great. This is great. I'm in the well. I'm in the multiverse. You're for in you. the zone. Yeah, we're in the zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is it's, it's. And even if we mess up, you know what's great is we have this team. Just redo here. it. They can redo it. We have a different multiverse of our. We've come back already. This is a whole new timeline. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed the watch list. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, onward and upward. So the Flash. Yes. The Flash. We're going to tell start me about with- this because I look. I don't know if I've already said this on this podcast, but I'm probably more of a Marvel person oh, right. than a DC. I love Superman. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love Batman, so they will always be favorites. But sure. then in terms of w- how important the Flash is to people within the DC world, I've never kind of felt that. I don't think in the same way. I think I think the Flash almost kind of represents the heart uh, because all the other ones are like these super metahuman kind of guys. I mean, then also, you know, Bruce Wayne's the smart one. Well, mm-hmm. the Flash is kind of almost, I almost kind of equate him to the Spider-Man. He's kind of the, the younger yeah. one. He's the one that kind of brings the innocence uh, to it. And also he brings the humor. I, I think that Ezra Miller as as the Flash has really shown that he actually can be quite funny on top of it all and and quite heartwarming. And and this and where where this is is the the Flash where we're up to at this point is he finally gets his own movie after being in the Justice League and we're kind of able to see him with all of the other superheroes. But now where Barry Allen is allowed to go out and be his own man. Yeah. Go out and be on his own man. And with this, um, it kind of brings us to his, in a way, his origin story of showing kind of where, why he ended up coming, who he was. But then where he's trying to keep his mother from dying, he decides that he is going to actually travel through the multiverse because the Flash, of course, can do this. He can actually travel through time. And as he does so, what happens is he messes everything up. The whole world, Mm. all the multiverses kind of get destroyed in so many different ways. And so all of a sudden he finds himself face-to-face with himself um, in one of these multiverse elements to it. And with that, General Zod, who was actually the Superman from the Superman film Man of Steel, um, he comes back, but yet it's a world without any metahumans, mm. and so no one can be there to actually take on Zod, except there's, there is a Batman, and we'll kind of talk about uh-huh. that here. There is a Batman, but it's a little different than the one we may know now. Mm. And then two, that we also are introduced to a new kind of version of Supergirl. 
Right. And with these movies, you mentioned, you know, the multiverse factor seems to be coming up more and more. And we know, like, I think of even the movie years ago with Ashton Kutcher, Butterfly Effect. Right. Like, if you try to mess with timelines, if you try to do anything with the past, present, future, it's not going to go well for you. Like, why have we not learned that lesson? And yet I feel like there's this increasing fascination with different worlds. What would happen if we could change your choice? And why would we want to do that? And how do these different things overlap with each other? Like, it sort of, to me, speaks to the fact that people want to know there's this alternate reality where we can kind of escape the difficulties of what we're in now. What does that say about us, right, that we feel like we need that? Well, there's two things there. One is that he had not just one Batman, but two Batmans who say, don't do it. <laughs> don't go into the multiverse. Don't try to fix the past. We're actually mm. defined by the pain of the past. And it's actually who we are now is because of that, you know? Mm. And so actually there's a value in actually traveling through some of that pain. So don't necessarily try to fix it, which mm. is really wise. But no, Barry kind of continues. He wants to go yeah. through and fix stuff. And so, and which is no different than what we'd see in Spider-Man and some of the other mm. ones where we've traveled there. But and isn't I, that, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, say? no, no, no. So it's, so you've got the wise, the sage saying, don't do it. Mm. But yet they still do. But yet I, I do agree with you. I think that there is something about the multiverse, like what you were saying, that really, I think it's kind of a wiring within us that we have that I think that we want something better. That there's got to be mm. either a parallel universe or something that's better for us out there. And I think that, that I can actually say that kind of going back to kind of even the Christian faith and looking at how God has wired us for, there is something better. This mm. world is messed up. It's broken in so many different ways that there's got to be something better. And so if you define that as heaven or the kingdom of God, however... We want to go through and define that. I think that we have a wiring for that automatically. I think the multiverse kind of taps into that. But you know what? After we talk about the second movie, I'm going to say we have a multiverse problem I think, with a lot of these franchises. But anyway, yeah. we can keep going come, on with The Flash. Come back to the Batman thing, though, because in the trailer, it's Michael Keaton, right? Mm. He he kind of shows himself as, I mean, he's aside from Christian Bale, yeah. Michael Keaton. Best Batman. Can right. you say much about what his contribution is in the movie without spoiling things? Oh yeah, I think I think we can stay away from the spoilers because it's he's just one of multiple. You know, this nostalgia, this kind of doubles down on the whole Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, mm. you get the three versions of Spider-Man in that. With this, you get everything, and it's yeah, not okay. just Batman. It's like all these other characters. But I won't spoil mm. all that for you. But Michael Keaton, he is in this parallel universe, but he's older. Yeah, and, and which fortunately they do that. They don't try to. They allow him they, to age. They allowed him to age. He's older, wiser, but also mm. it's a different world. Is he's the only really superhero type figure, and yeah. also he's kind of retired because Gotham mm. City's pretty safe at this point right. until General Zod shows up, and also yeah. the Flash. Two Flashes <laughs> show up, and so Michael Keaton is great. I, I mean, mm. he's just a fantastic one, um, and I really, it's good to see him in this role, mm. and he kind of adds a kind of a depth to it. Yeah, and the movie as a whole is kind of a bit of a case study in cancel culture as well. Like when you look at what's happening around it. So mm. Ezra Miller, right. he obviously leads the cast in this. He is the Flash. And then in his personal life, over the last few years, he's been arrested for a number of different things. Mm. There's been kind of these moments where he's shown up in the news for not the best reasons. I'll right. put it like that, very diplomatically, you know, way to express this. But he's somebody who it's like, you've been given this massive franchise. All of these other things haven't gone so well for you. Like there's criminal charges that were laid against him. How does a film company handle that when 
you know, the face of their franchise is suddenly caught up in these situations. And everyone did go fairly quiet about it for a while, but I feel like now it's like they've almost timed things in a way to, like, manage the controversy of that and then still release their movie. Like Ezra Miller was at the red carpet and he said thanks to Warner Brothers for the discernment and care that they handled everything that was going on in his life. He did, standing grace grace, toward him. And I I just wonder how much that side of what relates to this film's release is going to be talked about. Like I think there's more of a conversation there to be had about how do we handle these times where someone with great talent you know, part of a huge movie, what do we do yeah. when they have these personal failings? Oh, yeah. I think I, I think that it, I, it it obviously didn't play too much into the screening itself. No, you yeah. really don't see it. Because, I mean, I think Ezra Miller really is a very talented actor. And um, he's really proven himself over the years. But, unfortunately, he's had so many problems with his personal life mm. that have been very public. Yeah. And so, I actually, in the lead up to this, we haven't seen a lot of Ezra. I mean, no, it's mainly been no. about Michael Keaton. I think that's actually why they've actually released some of the surprises yeah. so that they can actually say, well, let's focus on like, Supergirl and Batman. Yeah. There's other people yeah. besides The Flash, which yeah. is unfortunate because mm. this movie's really The Flash's movie. Yeah. You know? And so, because there's two of them, he, there's mm. not just one, there's two of them yeah, in this yeah. film. But I'm. What I'm thinking, though, I think this really kind of proves is that DC has kind of moved to this new era. Yeah. That I think they're going to close the chapter on what was called the Snyderverse, I mean, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's um, version of the Justice League and all that, yeah. and move forward with the new James Gunn era. And I yeah. think that that's what, what this is going to be. I think that's what this was able to do. Um, the film itself was good. Uh, it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't like, oh, Ooh, yeah, controversial yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it, it, just the animation or the CGI that they had just didn't yeah. complement what they're really trying to do here. Right. It leaned into the nostalgia, but I really felt like it was kind of like almost second best after mm. Spider-Man No Way Home. And okay. the, they had the nostalgia. They did the, the multiverse kind of first. Mm. And then they bring they do the same thing and they double down on it. I mean, as far as what they bring, who they bring back into it and they make some fascinating twists and yeah. turns which is so fun is, is the spider-man the animated spider-man across the <laughs> spider-verse is that your preferred multiverse movie if i was to, if i was to top the watch list i'd say that spider-man across the spider-verse is definitely the best of the ones that we're probably hmm. talking about this week but yeah so does it does it relate to the other spider-man movies like the character of peter parker Okay. Well, okay. Going back. Okay. If we're going to jump into kind of looking at Spider-Man across, across the Spider-Verse, you kind of have to look back at Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because also we have a completely different, uh, it's not, it is Peter Parker. He is in the movie, Mm. but it's Miles Morales is actually a new uh, version, a new um, Spider-Man as far as a young teen um, in that. And I, and he, it's great. I mean, it, it, this the the first one. I would probably argue, and this is a, definitely for argument's sake. Mm. It doesn't really touch on like the Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland yeah, versions okay. outside of just having Spider Man. But it is, um, it is to me, and it, it goes into the Spider Verse. The 2017 per- version is probably my favorite Spider Man movie, hands mm, down. I think it's okay. just it was so original, animation wise, storyline. Um, what they were able to kind of incorporate and in bringing in all of these different mentor type figures, the value of family, um, even you know, even having the villain being doing opening up the multiverse because mm. he wants to save his child. You know, I mean, it's it's a beautiful film actually. It's really mm. quite well done. Well, this one <laughs> across the Spider Verse. 
Woo. It is exhausting. I mean, I literally left, but it's one of the rare movies I would go back and see again and mm. again because you need to see it again. Isn't it like two hours 20 or something two like that? Two hours 20. That's, that's probably my only goodness. knock on it. That probably against, for young kids, they probably aren't going to be able to sit and stay, pay attention that long. Mm. Um, but it is great. I mean, the animation, the, the thing I love about what they've done with both of these, both of those films is they brought together the anime world and then also Western mm. um animation and just really made a beautiful melting pot of mm. the two and the the second one is even big, bigger and better as far as that goes and some of the yeah. great characters I mean talk about every spider person you could think of in spider society mm. uh, kind of comes along with that and so I think that it's a uh, um, it is amazing to see all of it on screen mm. even though I have to say spider punk has to be my favorite. The, the amount, movie is just so cool. The, the amount of love that you have for those movies, though. So it kind <laughs> Do of, I have love? I, oh, yeah, it sounds say, like yeah. it. But I've, I, the funny thing is when I saw even like the original trailers, like the promotion for these movies, they didn't grab me. And mm. granted, I'm probably not their target audience. Like probably. I feel like they're for a young teenage male demographic is who they which look like they appeal to. I, I which epitomize is you. the young teenage. You, you are their key, you are their target market. But I know like I know there's obviously a lot of girls that will watch these movies as well. Sure. So I don't think they're exclusively male. But I just think it's interesting. Like when they, you know, presented themselves at cinemas, I just wasn't I didn't actually gravitate to them. But then right. everything that I hear about the sequel especially is that it's so worthwhile watching, that there's so much in it. Like I feel like it's the movie you may not be interested in seeing, but if you do, it's going to be a really nice surprise. It is. Uh, well, and, and and to go to answering that, because I think that you, I definitely understand what you're saying as far as the target demographic, but um, really almost the central character of this second one is Spider-Gwen. I mean, she, uh, the, you know, so the female character actually is one of the, she probably gets as much screen time mm. as Miles Morales does. And um, I mean, it is, in that spoil it, but it is kind of a romance on yeah. top of it all as far as between the two characters. They'd have to be. That's not spoiling anything. We're going to go in looking for the little love story. Yeah, yeah, that and, and it's not even a little one. I mean, it, yeah. it's even kind of can't because they are, they're, they're trying to have a love that goes across the multiverse. I mean, Ooh. they're not even in the same universe together. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I think that that's where they actually really bring it in. But then on top mm. of it, um, that what they're able to do with all the other spider characters mm. is also bring in all the different areas of the world that is impacted. They have one that's actually in India yeah, and then have spider punk who's actually out of, you know, he has a Cockney accent out of <laughs> England and he is cool. I mean, mm -hmm. he's just one of the coolest characters. He's different in the, say the comic books or graphic novels, but yeah. he's, he, this is, this is one that he's really, really a great character. But then on top of it, I think that what this, it does stay true to the spider man kind of narrative mm. is the love of family also the need for sacrifice and mm. i think that that's what probably what all of these kind of films kind of show is that you really have to sacrifice something of yourself within it um and because i think that that's something that really kind of is near and dear especially going to the christian faith but then on top of it what all these superheroes do yeah. is just show that you have to sacrifice something of yourself mm. for the betterment of mm. humanity, your family, whatever it is. And um, so I, I, that's where I think really kind of gravitates us towards it. Mm. Then on top of it, boy, it is just action-packed, <laughs> action-packed. Yeah. But we do have to address the 
that one point i think we have a multiverse problem though yeah is, is this is this because you think people are trying to like is this is this the superhero movie's way of trying to make up for the fact that we've got superhero fatigue like are they just saying let's imagine other worlds because <laughs> this one has had a lot go on in it already yeah i think so i think that they're they're trying I think what's what's ironic is that they find they should find their answer within the film itself that you know the fact that batman says don't do it mm. but yet they always do yeah, you know, um, you know, Doctor Strange and don't do it, but yet mm. they always do. It is you're saying don't do this, you know. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they think that we've got to reset things. But unfortunately, once you let that genie out of the bottle, mm. the multiverse exists. Yeah, and so now you can't just go back to just kind of having. One bad guy, you know, going through the streets mm. of New York City and one good guy trying to stop him. Yeah. It's now, now we've got to bring him in from all these other universes, too. Mm. And so it, it just ends up, they've done it now with Marvel. They've done it now with DC. And we're going to be looking at Transformers. They're doing it kind of, mm. it's different multiverse, but it's still kind of a different parallel universe that they're dealing with. Yeah. So I'm like going... Do we have to keep doing this, or can mm. we just get back to just the good guy and the bad guy? Just kind of fighting straight, it out? yeah, straight kind of movies. But I wonder as well. That sort of says there's something in us that doesn't take advice. Like then, then you know, and but I wonder, like for one, you're never going to have like you're not going to have a good movie so if true. there's no drama and advice being ignored. Like if Spider Man just said, "Okay, Doctor Strange, I won't do it." Like then, where does the story go, right? right so they right, have right. to have something that says that. But I think it also speaks to how true it is. Like. This is this is just true from generation to generation. When we learn something and we want to pass on that wisdom to somebody else, you can share that as best as you can. You can explain why, you know, this and this particular action is not going to be a good idea or, like, consider where right. this is going to land. But I think there's something in all of us, even if we have that wisdom coming in, we still want to experience something for ourselves. We still want to try and fail from our own ideas mm, and our yeah. own you know, sense of um, purpose in a particular direction. Like there are there are ways where wisdom shapes us and perhaps we take things on, but I also right. think there's a need for people to try and fail for themselves. And it it's like, I don't know, it's a strange thing to me, right? Because it's like the whole idea of learning and growing, that's what happens in life. If you're living a healthy life, you learn, you grow, you change, you get new ideas, right. you learn new things. But it's like, what's the point of that if you can't pass it on to somebody and if they don't actually heed that advice? Exactly. You know, where does where does that knowledge go and what Welcome is the parenting. point? Well, exactly. <laughs> I don't even have kids and I can tell that this is how the story goes. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure if we listen to advice generation to generation, surely we would have to get more wisdom, more capable, like more able to do things well than if we constantly just ignored every piece of advice we were ever given. Oh, that's true. And well, and even what they're, what they're trying to do, I think what they always are trying to do, because I, I totally agree with you is with the mentors in your life, those people that speak mm. wise things, your parents, which you re re reject, but then all of a sudden you're going, yeah. you know, 10 years later, you're going, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. They actually were right. Yeah, you know, but then I wonder right. if you wouldn't, if you know, it's like it's like kids doing something dangerous, like don't jump off this table. Okay, but then you never, like, if they never at least give it a little go, they're not going to understand why they shouldn't do it. Like, right. would life just be so much more insular if we never understood what it was like to fail, to hurt ourselves, to be challenged? Well, but this goes back to the problem with the multiverse, because the multiverse, what they usually are trying to do is they're trying to fix a problem or something that they did, a bad mm. choice. So jumping off the table or, you know, whatever it is that they, they did that in the past, opposed to, and this is even in, within the wisdom of the Bible, but even Batman. So Batman and the Bible, there you go. Yeah, we go, go you, bring them together. Yeah. And uh, um, 
is the fact that actually we're defined by those things and that we can learn from them. We can actually be better because of them. And even the bad things, the suffering that goes on in our lives, we actually can learn something and that mm. there's something, many times it's actually when we grow closer to God and other people, it's actually when we're going through the hard times anyway. Yeah. So suffering, we don't necessarily want it, but actually there's a value to it in the mm. end. And I think that's where the multiverse tries, it keeps pointing to the fact that, hey, no, actually, guys... Sometimes your mistakes are worth keeping or the bad things in your life help you to be better. Mm. And so, yeah, so I I think that that's where I'm kind of hoping that with all that's kind of going on with all these superhero franchises Mm. that they would kind of go, you know, let's just get back to just kind of basic story, a little biffo, a little bit of fun, (laughs) maybe a little bit of romance, you know, the upside down Spider-Man kiss, right? stuff, you know. The iconic like Tobey Maguire emo (laughs) fringe flick strut that he does in Spider-Man 3. I'll take that. All of it. But it's so much easier to watch as someone who enjoys I like I can take in a complex movie. Don't get me wrong, but when there's you know the multiverse and all these things, I go there's too many characters and too many things. Like right. I just just give it to me straight. I don't need the complexity of this when I'm just trying to be entertained and enjoy a good movie. Yeah, that's but right. t- talking of Transformers, okay, let's do it. Let's go into that. So Rise of the Beast is out. <laughs> Rise of the Beast. It is doesn't out. have Mark Wahlberg in it. It doesn't have Shia nope. LaBeouf. It has Anthony Ramos. Right. Fact, but it's not a musical. No, because he was in In the Heights. Yeah, yeah. You you were yeah. you were kind of hoping that it would be. Oh, he's in the bad guys too, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love that film. And so this is kind of in the post Bumblebee um film. So we, we had Bumblebee here recently where they kind of moved back into the kind of 80s. This one actually moves us back to ni- 1994, I think. And um and with it, what they do is Optimus Prime well, actually the Transformers aren't known. There, no one knows that they actually are on Earth. Mm-hmm. Shh. And, but yet, then all of a sudden, we have the Anthony Ramos character who is trying to kind of figure out exactly what his name's Noah Diaz, by the way. Mm. Um, he's a former kind of army electronics guy who's trying to kind of make some money because his brother is sick. Yeah. And so, in so doing, he tries to go and steal a car and whoops, it just happens to be Mirage, <laughs> um, one of the Transformers. And with that, he all of a sudden gets pulled into this kind of web of trying to save what is called, you know, as far as one of the kind of key things as far as getting the Transformers back to their home world. Mm. Um, how they're actually able to make that happen with the trans warp key um, as be able to do that. So he gets pulled into that. And this one ends up being, as you said before, a whole lot of bots and it's not quite as sexy Mm. as what we would have seen. Probably the other ones were. Well, it's not as human. I think is the thing I found that that's what I noticed, especially about this. This is the story of the Transformers. this The story of the humans is kind of an aside. And there wasn't, like, in one respect, it depends what you're expecting because the the character alongside Noah, I'm going to look up her name because I want to I wanna check. So you have Anthony Ramos as Dominic Noah. Dominic Fishback. Yeah. And it's actually and then, Elena Wallace is her name. Yeah. So Noah and Elena, like, they cross paths because of that trans key that they, she works in a museum. It, it's an artifact. He's trying to like get it because that's going to be what he needs to achieve his objective. Don't want to spoil too much. Right. That's how they, you know, cross paths. And instead of there being any sense of like love interest there or whatever, and not that there has to be, it's kind of nice and refreshing yeah, that not- there's not a love story. It's just these two adventurers kind of, you know, joining forces and helping each other out. Weirdly, I felt like that almost took away from 
the dynamic between them because there there wasn't to me there wasn't this sense of like chemistry even as friends. Right. To me, it didn't it didn't have that in this movie. No. Like it was more like oh, I've stumbled across you and you've stumbled across me. It kind of had this like coworker energy. Like okay, the building's falling down around us. I better I suppose I better just make sure you get out as well because that's human decency. Like it didn't have right. this you know sense of compulsion to care for each other or to look after each other. It was more like you're here, I'm here. Let's get through this movie together. Right. Like and and that for me was something that I didn't love about this because what I really enjoyed about the the Transformers with Shia LaBeouf, even the one with Mark Wahlberg, is like the comedy and the fun and the family yeah. and the relationships and the story of, you know, the humans and their relationship to even the Transformers, like Shia and Bumblebee. It's like, come on, like the friendship and emotion around that right. is so special. This one didn't have that. It was like they they stripped all of that, made it more like, a sort of teen adventure. Like you can tell they've aimed totally. it at like the young ones were adventuring. We've got our bots and like, let's imagine what it would be like if they all battled each other. So it didn't have the maturity maybe of some of the others and then just put it all in the imagined world of Transformers. And that for me wasn't really enough to feel like I could engage with it. Because yeah. even the Transformers seemed a little bit more trivial and the way they spoke seemed a little bit more childlike. Oh, right. Which could work for a younger audience. But then there's also, like, Transformer beheadings. And I go, <laughs> this is pretty violent right. for a young kind of, you know, story. Yeah, it is. Well, and, and I agree with you. I mean, because the originals were by Michael Bay. So, I mean, Michael always, he just seemed to know how to. Yeah. Even though you can knock on him as far as, but they're always big. They were always bombastic. And mm. also on top of it, there was always a bit of sexual tension between yep. the lead characters in so many different ways. And while this one definitely doesn't have that. No. I mean, I, they tried to do something with Noah and with Mirage, more so than with Bumblebee. Um, and we won't tell you what happens with Bumblebee. No. But but it's, it's, so it's not there as much. So I definitely, it moves mm. a little bit closer to kind of being for the, younger audience who maybe grew up on the uh, Transformers cartoons that because mm. actually they even the voice because it was originally Liam Neeson but now they they go back to Peter Cullen mm. who actually did the original Optimus Prime and they actually bring in the big the big evil guy the big baddie Unicrom so yeah it's uh so it kind of gets it back to its roots and yeah. it kind of gets it back to that Hasbro wanting to sell more toys right and that's what you see in this two things that stood out to me is that when as I was watching it, I thought this is basically like if you gave a bunch of kids Transformer toys and were like, you make up the voices and enjoy <laughs> playing with them, that's what they put on screen. Like I it want has to hear this, it's your voice. No, my Transformer voice. But they, it just, <laughs> it's terrible. But it feels like that. Like I'm like, you've just given a bunch of toys out and had sure. kids play with them and then just see what they did. Like that's, it felt very juvenile in that way. And then like I said, there's these intense moments that make it more violent than it should be for that young audience but then even like the Optimus Prime character so this is this is all set like we said back in the 90s it's pre all of the other ones that we've seen Optimus is more vulnerable than right. he's been because for him and his Autobots they're basically exiled to earth trying to get back to their home and in this movie there's points where maybe they'll be able to do that but certain sacrifices potentially have to be made are they going to prioritize themselves as a you know race of robots or are they going to prioritize humans like who has to pay the cost for the freedom that the Autobots want sure. and like that's a big question that hangs over this and then spoiler 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 don't listen if you don't want a spoiler the character of Noah I find it really interesting like there was a read between the lines moment 
his little brother has got like medical issues right, and that's kind of a major motivator for him to get work is to help his little brother with his medical bills. And I thought, what does this say about American society? <laughs> that the main <laughs> yep, hero and like him him reaching his ultimate point of I have arrived, the success of this movie, mm. is that the medical bills of his little brother are covered. Right. Like that's that's what would give him great peace. And I go, that's the storyline of this movie reflects American society in a way that I don't know everybody's going to be like ready for yeah. when they watch this? Well, and it, it didn't do as well. I mean, it didn't do as well as the original ones. But you haven't even touched on. I'm, I'm surprised you touched on. We're dealing with robot gorillas and robot <laughs> cheetahs here at this point. You know, yes, the rise they look of the like bees, Lego. which is it's, it's a whole vein of you know the kind of the comic comic cartoon world that they're doing with. But mm. you're kind of like, when why do they even exist? You know, yes. that, that sort of thing. So it was, that was kind of the interesting thing for me. So yeah, I, it was Transformers. I think they moved it a little bit closer to the toy the toy time than it is necessarily that kind of. I don't know if it's going to capture the adult um, market nearly yeah. as much. But um, overall, uh, would you put it on your watch list? though oh like no I wouldn't right (laughs) I wouldn't I'm sorry I the thing is I loved Transformers like as a little kid I remember I remember the cartoons and that kind of stuff to a degree like I was quite little so they're kind of they're in the periphery of my childhood but then the movies the original ones with Shia LaBeouf like the that's the first kind of Transformer movies I really engaged with and loved this one just didn't have the heart and magic of those. Even Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld. Like, I enjoyed that. This this one for me was too much about the robots. Mm. And, of course, as you're watching a Transformers movie, it's going to be about the robots, but it didn't have the the relational the connection. It didn't, you're right, it didn't, it didn't have, have the, the human, human heart. heart. And it doesn't have to all be about the humans to have that, but I just think they're wanting you to feel something for these robots and for these characters that just did not translate for me in this movie. Right. So I think if you're going to watch it, definitely see it in the cinema because it's it's phenomenal in the cinema yeah. with the sounds huge. and the effects of it and the hugeness of it. But I don't think, meh, like you can just leave it. Like I don't, it's another Transformers movie, whatever. Like it right. didn't it didn't grab me in the way that I really hoped that it would. Yeah. Oh, I, and I, I agree. I, it wasn't necessarily quite the same level. I think everybody I've talked to always points back to Bumblebee going, ah. Oh, that's where yeah. we thought they were really going to get it, and they didn't really do it with this one as much. I felt that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was hands down the, probably the top of the watch list for me. Okay. The Flash was okay. I mean, it's definitely nostalgia, but it's not one that I'm going to sit there and go, oh, we've got to love this one. But I think as far as the top of the watch list for me was definitely Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And okay. I enjoy that. That's going on so, the watch list. There you go. It's going on the watch list. So, well, we're signing off. we gotta, we got to head. That's kind of the end of our this wild and crazy multiverse <laughs> Um watch list that we've had Should this week. Should I do week. this thing? I, go, I just got back. Hey, you're back. I was the flash. Hey, back. Yeah. <laughs> Get up and down off the chair and easy done. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so just make sure you subscribe today to, you know, subscribe to the watch list. Check out the videos on our YouTube channel um, there. And then also follow Hope 103.2 and also Real Dialogue Online for all of your entertainment reviews. Um, join us next time. We got some really great ones coming. So make sure you tune into the next one as because we're going to be looking at uh, probably Elemental and Indiana Jones. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's right. Get your fedoras out. We're getting ready to go. So, hey, we look forward to spending time with you again. And as you grab some popcorn and look through and see how film goes through the lens of faith on the watch list. Watch me. To continue to produce programs like this one, we need your help. This month is our June appeal. 
Head to hopepodcast.com.au or click the link in the description to show your support. Thank you.